I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and today on Fifth in Mission, a story that will make a huge impact on every parent in San Francisco. But before we get to that, we want to know your thoughts about Fifth in Mission, plus our other Chronicle podcasts. Is there something you want more of? What about less? Go to sfchronicle.com slash podcast survey and tell us. You can win a $100 gift card for your time, and we do want to hear from you. And particularly if you're a parent, you might have feedback about this show. Columnist Heather Knight has been investigating what's going on at a local middle school. Uh, Heather, I think I speak for everyone in the world when I say middle school is universally terrible. It was terrible for me. I don't know if (laughs) it was terrible for you. But it seems like there is a particularly dangerous and acute problem happening at Aptos Middle School. So let's start with the basic. Where is the school and who goes there? It's west of Twin Peaks um, near St. Francis Wood, Ingleside Terraces in those nice leafy neighborhoods that you probably don't go to a whole lot. It's um very stately pretty looking middle school that has been very popular for years. Um, Never heard anything bad about it until last fall. Um, It's a regular public middle school. Right now, um, SFUSD sends, um, there's feeder middle schools, so about five or six elementary schools would automatically feed to Aptos from all over the city. And there are about a thousand kids that go there. That's right. That's a lot of tweens going (laughs) to one one school. It's making me have cold sweats about my days at Westridge Middle School. But what did you see when you went to Aptos? Yeah, so I started getting um, complaints from parents and teachers in November and have been working on this since then of just um, a once calm and successful middle school becoming really chaotic this year. And I've been there three times since then. I The most... um, Notable, the first time I went to interview the principal, I walked in and there were these two girls hanging out in the entrance um, during class time. They clearly were just skipping school and no one seemed to care or notice. And one of them just stared at me. I felt really intimidated and I'm in my 40s. And I was like, if I was a sixth grader, I would really be shocked by the way she was looking at me. And then she just snapped at me that I was a bitch. I was like, thanks. Welcome to Aptos. <laughs> um, That's quite a welcome. Yeah. Welcoming committee. Another time I was um, looking at some classrooms and saw what happens between classes when the bell rings. Um, you know, it's never fun to be in a middle school hallway, but this was pretty shocking. Um, Adults clearly had no control over the kids as they went from one class to the next. Kids were shoving each other, punching each other, yelling, eating chicken. A lot of kids, (laughs) that was just so random, Um, listening to music, talking on their phones. And the adults just had no control over them at all. They kept saying, get to class, get to class. It's time for class. Walk faster. But it wasn't registering at all. And after they finally got the hallway cleared, um, the security guard just looked like she'd been through the wars. And she said, sometimes it takes half an hour. I was like, whoa. (laughs) Half an hour to get them to change To their next class. And it's supposed to be five minutes. Wow, that's amazing. So this school was originally, a a couple of years ago, part of a social work project. What was the original intent of that project? Uh, the San Francisco Unified School District did a big look at how trauma affects their students and what they can do about it. So many kids in the public schools in the city have um, grown up homeless. They don't have enough to eat. They might be raised by a single mom working three jobs who can't have any role in their schooling or be reachable during the day. I talked to a teacher at Aptos who said she's had kids who've lost every single male member of their family 
has been killed, um, just horrible upbringings. Then they come to class carrying all this trauma and create disturbances for everybody else. So back in 2012, the district piloted a therapy program where um, the kids most in need would be put through a 10-week therapy course. And they actually found that it helped their behavior and their reading levels. Um, but it stopped. The money ran out and they just stopped doing it. But obviously the trauma hasn't gone away and more kids come who need it. And it just hasn't been there. So you mentioned that Aptos is in uh, amid these nicer neighborhoods, wealthier neighborhoods mm-hmm. of San Francisco. Is there a reason why they started that counseling effort at Aptos? Mm-hmm. So under the way uh, elementary schools feed to middle schools, it's not just by neighborhood, you know, um, Anybody who pays attention to the schools in San Francisco knows that they've been trying to desegregate schools for decades, haven't been very successful, but they do bus kids to Aptos from Carver Elementary in the Bayview and Star King in Potrero Hill. Um, and a lot of those kids live in public housing projects or have experienced violence in their neighborhoods. And so the therapy program um, was started there. The sixth graders are planning a walkout to get attention for the problems that they have there, which I've never heard of sixth graders planning a walkout because they want more mental health care. What is it that they're arguing for? I met with um, 14 kids. I don't know exactly who's planning the walkout, but um, I think there was some overlap in the kids I talked to. And um, they are just sick of being in class and other kids will barge in when who aren't members of that class, start fights, push the teachers, um, scream profanities. The things these kids say they hear every day were pretty shocking even for an adult to hear. Um, They want more social workers and therapists. There's only one social worker for a thousand kids at Aptos. They want a clear behavior policy and clear um, consequences if you do not follow that policy. So to be clear, these are sixth graders who want discipline, who are are (laughs) asking for a wellness center because they think that uh, maybe a small handful of their classmates are disrupting their education. Yeah. Some of them told me there are days when they don't learn anything because so much time is focused on dealing with the kids who are barging in, who are um, the most scary incident I've heard about, which is in the column, is um, a girl was attacked by two other girls on the schoolyard at Aptos. They um, grabbed her by the hair, threw her down on the cement, and then kicked her in the face and the back of the head. And I talked to her mom, who was pretty um, distraught, obviously, that that had happened, and even more distraught that... um, she didn't really get anywhere with the administration. They had a restorative justice meeting with the families of the other girls. So maybe explain what yeah. restorative justice programs do. So San Francisco is um, very geared towards social justice. And rather than just suspend kids over and over again, they want to try to make things better by having restorative justice meetings where all sides of the dispute come together. There's a mediator, often the social worker or counselor or somebody. And um, the point is to get the people who did the harm to understand you know, the consequences of their behavior and apologize and make amends. Um, and so this in this meeting regarding the incident on the schoolyard, um, the mother felt that all of the attention was on the kids who had done the attacking and that um, when they were asked if they would do anything differently next time, they just said, well, I guess I wouldn't kick her in the face. Very um, generous Yeah, of them. and they've said some pretty horrible things to that girl even since the meeting. I mean, clearly these are girls, young women, I mean, children Mm -hmm. who are really troubled. Yes. Um, If they're doing something like pulling out huge chunks of hair from Mm -hmm. a sixth grade girl. You mentioned a thousand kids in one social worker. Is that normal in the school district? 
it's pretty normal to only have one per middle school, but Aptos is bigger than some other middle schools, so ratio-wise, um, they probably need more. But I actually interviewed the superintendent just about an hour ago, and he said that he thinks that um, the incidents at Aptos are pretty within the range of normal for middle schools, which made me wonder what's happening at all the other San Francisco middle schools. And he did not seem very committed to um, putting any additional resources in at Aptos. He said, we have to live within our means and what's in place is what's in place. Not exactly the reaction some parents were probably hoping for. And the the sixth grade girl is not the only incident that you mentioned in this column. There's also a mother who says that one of her sons has had um, boys rub orange peels in his eyes. And a teacher warned him not to even bother reporting that abuse because it would probably just get him beat up. Right. Yeah. Even I had a really... Um, a memorable meeting with teachers. It That was an interesting story because I was talking to one who'd been kind of updating me since November by email. And I said, do you want to meet? And she said, okay. And so um, one day, a couple weeks ago, the plan was to meet her and two other teachers after school at a cafe near Aptos. And by the time the day wore on, the plan changed. And she said, just come to Aptos. We're in a classroom. I've told the whole staff <laughs> we're meeting. And I was like, what? And I went in and there were about 20, 25 teachers. And they just kind of spilled their guts for an hour. And a lot of them were crying. They're so frustrated. Their students need so much more help than they're getting. And they said, they don't just need my compassion. They need actual services. I'm not trained. I'm trained to teach math or English. I'm not trained to be their therapist. And they need this help that they're not getting. And if I was actually going to have these restorative justice meetings every time there was a harm done at Aptos, that's all we would do all day long. And there would be no academics. And um, like I said, some were crying. One teacher said, this was the most profound conversation I've had in my eight years at Aptos. And just realizing how much kind of um, trauma the teachers are experiencing as well. I'm sure it's very frustrating. The parents are also saying they can't get answers from the superintendent, mm-hmm. Vincent Matthews. What do, what do they say happens when they try to get some attention? In fact, you spoke to one who's who's fairly well known in the community. <laughs> yes. Listeners may have heard of Assemblyman Phil Ting, who spoke to me in this instance as a father of a girl who goes to Aptos. She fortunately hasn't been attacked uh, physically, but he's heard all of these things happening from her every day to her class mates and he um, had a great quote that as that the school district drives him crazy as a parent as is a public official um, he is he as well as so many parents at Aptos are reporting these problems trying to talk to the superintendent talking to the principal the principal has met with families a couple of times about this but she keeps saying that things are getting better and she keeps pointing to numbers of referrals and suspensions going down since the fall but teachers are saying they've just stopped making reports because I mean, so many incidents that they can't report every single thing that happens. So both of our children are not quite at middle school age yet. Thank (laughs) thank goodness. This made me really nervous. It it does. I mean, these stories do make you really nervous. But is this something that's unique to Aptos, um, like like some of these teachers say? or, Or do you think the superintendent has a point that just middle school is terrible and kids are horrible? I think it's true that um, middle school is not fun for anybody and there is bullying and it's not the same as when you have a happy little first grader at an elementary school. But um, I don't think anyone should expect that what's going on at Aptos is just normal and we should just shrug our shoulders as this is teenagers will be teenagers. I think obviously there needs to be more resources put into this school. Um, 
And I'm really hopeful that this isn't what all middle schools are like in San Francisco. Yeah, I same. <laughs> uh, the you know, I I was having lunch with a friend the other day who said told me that he's pulling his daughter out of an elementary school because of bullying, and and he said very matter of factly, the school just is not able to deal with this. And he said, and I don't mean they're not trying; they just literally don't have the resources to do it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, as a country, we had done a better job of dealing with bullying and and violence are are we getting better do you think or is this um are, are we making are we moving backwards that's a big question um i think clearly california is despite being billed as such a progressive state and um that we do everything right if the fact that we are so shortchanging our public schools um is awful. We give less money per student than the vast majority of states in the country, and that money could be used for social workers and therapists to deal with a lot of these issues. The teachers I talked to said if restorative justice was done properly, there would be a restorative justice um, coordinator at every single school who would be the one training teachers on how to do this effectively and leading a lot of these mediations. Um, but Despite, you know, what San Francisco says and that this is the way to do it and we're going to help these kids get better, they're not actually doing it. Right. I'm speaking with columnist Heather Knight about issues at Aptos Middle School, bullying and violence and frustration among parents and teachers. We'll be back right after this. So, Heather, you're a, you're a columnist. And we've started running an explanation of how you do your work um, in in your columns. So, but I'm wondering if if you can explain to everybody the difference between a columnist and a reporter at the Chronicle. Yeah, so I've done both. Um, a reporter reports objectively about issues like this. Um, they would probably have a lot of the same anecdotes um, and quote the same people as I did in my Aptos column, but there wouldn't be. Um, really coming down on saying, as I have done, that obviously the school school district is not living up to what it says it believes in and needs to provide a lot more support for kids. A reader might take the same idea away from reading a just regularly reported article, but my column can actually come out and and say my opinion. Right. But you but you still do a lot of reporting and a lot of investigative work for all of your columns, whether they're ones about how much you love San Francisco, <laughs> but also the the problems that we yeah. have here. I think I need to find a happy one soon. <laughs> There's yeah. been a lot of depressing ones. It, it sounds like <laughs> it. So the the handful of children in, in your column, some kids say it's as few as five or maybe 20, but 20 kids in a school of a thousand. Mm-hmm. That's that seems like a really small minority we should be able to get our hands around. Right. Is it a possibility in the San Francisco School District to send them to another school with more support? Or is it that generally frowned upon because already these students are so um, personally terrorized and mm-hmm. are dealing so much with so much stress? There are continuation schools for high school um, students who cannot succeed in a mainstream high school. I've never heard of that for a middle school to my knowledge, that doesn't exist. So I think they have to make it work in the regular middle schools. Like you said, with such a small number out of a thousand, it seems like they could do a lot better. One um, issue the district can definitely fix and should very fast, I can say this as a columnist, is um, their 
paying for school buses from Bayview and Potrero Hill so that the kids can go to Aptos, but the buses come and pick them up right when the school bell rings at the end of the day. And a lot of the aftercare support and therapy that exists at Aptos happens after the end of the school day, as well as the clubs and sports and everything else that's the fun part of school. And the kids can't participate in that if they need to get back on the bus to go back to their neighborhood. So that's like a (laughs) no-brainer. And when I asked, well, why can't you just move the bus back later, they said that's not in the contract with the bus company. Oh, that's not a very satisfying (laughs) answer. I didn't get very many satisfying answers. The, well, the school district, I, I guess, to to uh, give a little more of their side of the story, they're dealing with a huge budget shortfall, mm-hmm. too, and say they don't have the money. What are the finances looking like at San Francisco Unified? They're already not great, and they're going to get a lot worse over the next several years. Um, baseline reason is California just underfunds public schools. But the issues happening to San Francisco specifically are that um, – As I advocated for for many years, they gave big raises to teachers who were very underpaid in one of the most expensive cities in the world and were living often in other people's living rooms or, you know, tripling up in a studio or just, you know, not living like a professional with a college degree should live. Um, So they did give them 11 percent raises and uh, we're going to use a parcel tax passed by San Francisco voters to pay for those. But that money, like some other ballot measures, including Prop C for homeless services, is tied up in court over whether it needed a simple majority or 66.66 percent. So the money's frozen. And so they've promised raises that they now have no money to use for them. Um, And also they uh, have seen a big uptick in the number of special ed students and the cost to provide um, the care that those kids need. Um, That bill is coming in way more than they expected. So all of that is adding up to big deficits. The the teachers that you met with, there were more than 20 of them who showed up Mm -hmm. at this meeting and uh, unloaded on you, I think, because they had a sympathetic ear of somebody <laughs> from the outside to tell what was happening inside. What was that like to go to that meeting with all of these teachers? Well, I was kind of surprised, like I said, when the plan went from meeting at a cafe with three teachers to the next time I check my email, no, come to the school, and I've invited the whole staff, and the principal knows. And I was like, okay. Um, and when I walked into the um, classroom, the principal was actually there, but um, then she kind of gave me a bit of a not happy look and walked out. And I was like, hi. Um, And they said, we just told her to leave. Um, So that was how that meeting started. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And they just really unloaded. And it's clear that they need kind of, I felt like they almost needed their own counselor or therapist and that just talking to each other about what it's like to teach such a hard group of kids um, was beneficial just to kind of unload. One, these teachers, even despite the 11% raise, are still not making no. enough at all in no. San Francisco. I think everybody could probably agree that. And to have such a stressful job is really trying. I have a first grader in a public school in San Francisco. And right before um, winter break, I asked his teacher, how are you going to spend your vacation? And she said, oh, I'm just picking up extra hours as a waitress. And I hadn't realized that after she teaches um, 22 six-year-olds, she then goes and waitresses to make ends meet. And that just really... It's heartbreaking. Made me depressed, yeah. The school, Aptos Middle School, also recently lost uh, almost $200,000 for a family liaison who was working with some of the families of these students. Why did they lose that money? 
this is pretty um, bureaucratic, but there's something called Title I funds, which is federal government money for public schools that have a certain level of kids on free and reduced price lunch, meaning they're um, poorer than than others. And um, it, it's very complicated. Whether you get it or not depends on what percentage of your school population um, does get free and reduced price lunch. And Aptos tipped just over the wrong way and lost all of that money um, at once. And I I think that the school district should kind of gradually do that, not take all Title I money away just because you happen to get a couple more wealthier kids. It doesn't mean that the kids who need the help aren't there Didn't anymore. Go, yeah. um, and so uh, one of the things they couldn't afford anymore was the family liaison who was a longtime Aptos um, staffer whose job was to um, coordinate services with families. I think a critic of this column might say, you know, there are a lot of increasingly wealthy kids mm-hmm. going to school there and their parents are very involved mm-hmm. and they're squeaky wheels mm-hmm. looking for grease. We have problems at other schools. Do you think that's a fair criticism that just a few pair? I mean, you have an assemblyman's kids there. Mm-hmm. You you can you can make a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not the one who told me about this in the first place, mm-hmm. but I was glad that he gave such a frank interview. Um Yes, that was actually what the assistant superintendent, um, her basically her justification for all of this happening was just that some of the sixth grade families are, she used the strange term, leaning in to share their issues with us and just really communicating. <laughs> I was like, are you saying that they're just complaining more than families used to? And she said, oh, no, that's not what I mean. And she kind of backtracked. But I I spent enough time there and talked to enough people that I don't think they're just complaining over nothing. I think these issues are really happening and are really severe. And if my kid was there, I would be very unsatisfied. Yeah. Um, My last question, I don't know if you're going to feel comfortable (laughs) answering this, but clearly I think what some of these students are experiencing at Aptos is is another level of abuse that goes beyond normal bullying that, Mm -hmm. that happens to kids. Were you bullied in school? Nothing like that. I mean, I think people would say I wore glasses. I was very awkward as a middle schooler, and kids would make comments about that. But nothing physical ever happened, and just the nasty remarks that middle school students make to each other. <laughs> yeah, it happens to all of us. Yeah. I, I was bullied pretty badly in middle school, and I have to say um, I, I have a lot of sympathies for these kids who are clearly getting it a lot worse than I did and their parents. It's really hard to watch mm-hmm. your kids go through that and to get unsatisfying answers um, from people about what they're going to do about it. Yeah. Heather, thanks for being on Fifth Emission today. Thanks for having me. Thank you to columnist Heather Knight for being on the podcast today. Remember, we do want to know what you think about our podcast. You can go to sfchronicle.com slash podcast survey and give us your thoughts. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode and thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.